Hey, so Graham McMillan, uh, I want to ask, should we try to record a, a mini cast about Marvel? I have to say, I'm not sure I got much more than what the fuck in me, so I don't know. I kind of feel like we have to, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. It's the funny thing is, like, we did, like, we've done podcasts for the last few weeks, but because we're doing the Q and A podcasts, I feel like we've missed a bunch of news. Right. Right. So, like, we talked about Bendis going to Marvel, which also feels like it happened maybe seven years ago and was less than two weeks. <laughs> it's true. It's true. It feels like, like a it, as, as we record, time. we're recording on Saturday night. Yeah. And it's less than two weeks ago. And it really does feel like it, it's been like 17 years yeah. since Bendis went to Marvel. Anyway, Bendis went to Marvel and we kind of talked about that. Then there was um, the Eddie Berganza story in BuzzFeed, which prompted three days of DC watching, I guess. Mm-hmm. The timeline of that was the BuzzFeed story went live on the Friday afternoon, like a week and a day ago as we record this. Then the following day, DC suspended Eddie Berganza. Mm-hmm. Pending. And then the following Monday, they just outright fired him. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, which I've got to be honest, like before we get into the Marvel stuff, like I did not expect. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I just did not expect that to happen. Mm-hmm. I expected DC to batten down hatches and, and do what they did the last time this story broke. Cause again, the story is not new. Mm-hmm. And I expected to do what they did last time, which is basically say, we don't comment on individual uh, personnel issues. Mm-hmm. And even if we did, we have dealt with like, this is a, a this is something that happened years ago mm-hmm. that, that was dealt with. But that's not what happened. And I honestly think the difference here is not the BuzzFeed story. I think the difference here is that Briganza then ended up on the cover of the New York Daily News the next day. Uh, it could. And I, I have no insider info on right. that at all. I'm, mm-hmm. This is me being like, I'm speaking in code because I secretly talked to Dan DiDio. No, <laughs> not at all. Uh, it's just, I think that DC might have written out the BuzzFeed story, but the BuzzFeed story read to Berganza being on the fucking cover of the New York Daily News the next day. And I think that that is probably what made them go, oh, he has to go. Uh, could be, could be. I mean, I think that makes a lot of sense. I think, and I could be wrong, I thought that I had read in the week after at least one person who came forward who was not in comics, who was in a different field, uh, who went to conventions, who was like, Braganza continued to sexually... Uh, make inappropriate sexual passes and um, at I, me. I, I, haven't, it, I haven't seen anything alleged since the 2012, but I have seen multiple additional people from that era mm, okay. talk about. Yeah, I thought, and again, I, you might be right. There might be people post 2012. Yeah, I th- I think honestly that there was at least you know they kind of went to him and was kind of like the heat's really on. Is there anyone or anything that's happened since? That could come out, and he was kind of like, I, uh, "Yeah, actually." <laughs> oh, I haven't seen any of that. Well, and and like I said, I'd have to look because what's that? Where was that? Well, I, that that's, that seems Jeff like bombshell news. I'm really surprised I didn't see. Uh, like I said, I feel like who was the woman who said that he continued to harass her, and that was like up until like 2014. I thought. I I literally have no idea what you're talking about. 
Okay. Like, well, I genuinely didn't see any of this, so I'm like, who is it? I don't Jeff know. Tell. I, Phil. I, yeah, I, dude, I was not paying much attention. Uh, uh, I don't know. Hold on. Um... Uh, yeah, I think I could be wrong. Maybe I've got, cause you're like, it was definitely, uh, Molly McIsaac talking about this stuff that happened when I thought, see, I thought that was 2010. Maybe it is right. Well, right. It was eight years ago. So yeah, it would be 2010 or 20, 2009. Or was that the first time that it happened? She was around twenty when he when she when he met her. Um, yeah, I, I was under the impression that the Molly's stuff was was I see, see that's so cavalierly Molly's stuff. I I was under the impression that Molly's story basically comes before the, his most recent, uh, well, his second most recent now I guess uh, uh, DC uh, pulling up, which was when. Uh, 2012. Oh, okay. Then right. Cause she got, she got harassed at a Penny Arcade party in 2012. So I thought for some reason that there was more than that, but maybe not. Maybe it was just up to 2012. So maybe I'm wrong. I'm probably, well, the, probably the, wrong. the reason I'm, the reason I'm so surprised is 2012 mm-hmm. was when DC basically said you're not going to any more fucking conventions. Oh, right. And that was after some stuff that happened at San Diego, which is where this stuff apparently happened, right? Oh, when the story broke, she confided in me that Berganza was inappropriate with her in some form or another every single time she saw him between 2011 and 2015-ish. And I think she would run Is is this Bleeding Cool? This is Bleeding Cool. And I think she would run into him pretty frequently because for a long while she was doing the convention circuit for Fangasm. Uh, and that, and so, yeah, that is... Yeah, but Briganza wasn't, is the strange part about that. Uh, oh yeah, that's true. That's true. But she did say... I mean, she, I mean, it's not impossible that she saw him, because definitely right. she's in LA and, and they're in Burbank. Right. Like, right, right, it's, right. it's, yeah, I don't know. Yeah. So, and that's based on Kate Kotler's statement, who used to be a staff writer for Bleeding Cool. So... Yes. All right. Well, anyway, so right. So I saw the 2011 to 2015, and that must be what I'm I'm thinking of. Although it is definitely not, at least in this yeah, particular but, window. Oh, but but at the same time, that does speak to what I was talking about as well, which is other people who came forward after the BuzzFeed story. Yeah, like right. you're right. You're, you are right. Like I, I think that also changed the equation. Mm-hmm. But I still think that the, the New York Daily News thing is what what got them to move so quickly. But unless. That happens in like a four-day window. Yes. And then that seemed like the biggest news. And then on Friday, literally out of nowhere, Marvel announces that C.B. Sobolski is the new editor-in-chief. Right. Right. Which is nuts. Now, do we not want to talk about some of the alleged stuff about the Marvel hire? Or is that because that isn't anything official? Marvel's, there's been no, um, any movement on that? There's, or? there's, been, there's been no movement about that. Uh, and I, here's like, I kind of do, but I also don't want to get a suit, Jeff. Well, yeah, no, I, I'm sort of the same way, except, I mean, uh, okay, fair enough. So, uh, okay, you know. okay, let, let's do this. We can definitely say this, and this is all uh, legally defensible. Yes. 
On Monday, it broke that Marvel had hired Ron Richards as its new VP of New Media. Mm -hmm. As that was announced, it was announced, interestingly enough, by Newsarama. Marvel did not announce it. Mm -hmm. Newsarama just announced it. Uh, I know for a fact that Richards has been there for more than a month at this point. Right. And almost immediately as soon as Newsarama broke the story, a lot of women came forward on Twitter to say that, uh, in their view, Richards is a serial harasser. Right. There are many alleged stories mm-hmm. about Ron Richards. Let's let's leave it at that right now. Okay. But it is, and I said this on Twitter, absolutely fucking stunning to me mm-hmm. that comic conversation on the internet on Monday went from, I can't believe it took DC so long to fire the serial harasser to... Marvel, I can't believe Marvel has literally just hired a serial harasser. Mm-hmm. Like, that is mind-bending to me. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Genuinely, genuinely astounding. Yeah. That a company of Marvel size, and I've heard a lot of people say essentially, Marvel's much smaller than you think. I don't care. It's Marvel. It's yeah. a big fucking company in American comic publishing, and they're owned by fucking Disney. Yep. And the idea that they don't have someone whose job it is to, here's a guess, fucking call the previous comic company that he worked for. Mm-hmm. You know? Mm-hmm. That's staggering to me. Genuinely mind-bending. Yeah. Let's leave it at that before I say something that's going to get us in trouble. Right. Yes, that's. <laughs> but I think, because I just want to mention that, because I think that that is, I don't think that that in any way is... Well, as far as I know, tied to the CB Sabluski stuff, unless it is. No, I, you know, I, but I, I, don't, I doubt it. Uh, everything I have been hearing suggests that it is not. Mm-hmm. Again, this is where I'm like, I don't want to tell tales out of school. Mm-hmm. Uh, because I, I, this isn't telling tales out of school. I've definitely been looking into the hiring of Ron Richards. Mm-hmm. And I've definitely been looking into uh, why he left Image. Mm-hmm. I've got lots of stuff off the record that I can't tell, True. which is really annoying. But everything I've been told suggests that uh, his hiring was pretty much like done internally in its own division, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Like it's not any IC level deal at all, mm. you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, which makes sense to me, which makes yeah. sense to me. I mean, yeah, it's, it, again, it's, it's like the new media department. Mm-hmm. Like it, it's, if anything, it would... It, feels like it should be part of like the comms division rather than editorial mm-hmm. it's still a, a very interesting and developing story one of the things that's most uh, frustrating from my point of view is that on Monday when the news broke about, about Ron Richards being hired um, there was a lot of conversation on Twitter about just as I was saying like just surprise that he was hired mm-hmm. and, and surprise that Marvel did this and and that like almost immediately went away. Mm-hmm. Like there was so much on Monday, I I honestly was like, oh, I guess he's like he's not going to last the week mm-hmm. because so many people were saying things. And then on Tuesday, it was as if none of that had happened. Mm-hmm. You know, and then like no one said anything. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was being salty in private, uh, <laughs> talking about the fact that there were many, many, many people. Uh, from Marvel making public comments about Braganza, uh, subtweeting Braganza and subtweeting DC. Mm-hmm. 
um, you know, how, how can't believe that they had like a, a harasser on staff, blah, 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 you know, uh, when he goes suspended, suspending isn't firing. And I was being salty saying like, I wonder how many of these people are going to speak out now that Marvel is being accused of hiring a sexual harasser. Right. The answer, as we all might expect, is zero. Mm-hmm. And on the one hand, of course it's zero. Mm-hmm. For the same reason that none of DC editorial or creator people are going to speak out again about Braganza before he gets fired. Right. You know? Like, you just, that's a dumb thing to do. Right. You don't say, hey, my employer just hired this person, you know? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Or my employer has been shielding a sexual harasser. You don't say that unless you want to get fired. Right. Like, that's literally just common sense. Yeah. And so, along those lines, I'm, like, I shouldn't be surprised that none of those people said anything. Mm-hmm. But... And it's not that I'm surprised because I genuinely expected it, but it's more um, seeing them do the subtweets of Braganza mm-hmm. and then see, be completely quiet about their own backyard. Mm-hmm. Really just sort of emphasize the, oh, you're scoring points. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like just, you weren't actually like speaking up. Mm-hmm. You were, you're playing partisan politics, mm-hmm. you know, and that's just like, even though I knew that, I'm still disappointed in you guys. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You know. Anyway, that that was Monday. That that I'm sure is going to uh, continue to develop, and we'll see what happens. But on Friday, yeah, Friday there there was the bombshell, and I think it's fair to say bombshell that effective immediately. CB Sabalski was Marvel's editor in chief. Mm-hmm. How immediate? C.B. Sabalski is still in Shanghai. Yeah. Like, that's when you know that this was not a lengthy decision-making process mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. or something that, you know, they've been planning for a long time. Mm-hmm. When you actually have a new editor-in-chief and he's still in another fucking continent. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, and I believe, unless I'm mistaken, it's also a situation where that wasn't that announcement essentially made by Rich after reaching out to CB directly? What? Like, I saw his story after I saw the New York Times announcement, mm-hmm. and I actually don't know the timing. I know mm-hmm. that Rich claims it as a scoop, but I also know that Rich claims everything as a scoop. <laughs> no, right. seriously, like, no, no, I no. have stories, and then Rich has published it like a minute later and gone, scoop! Mm-hmm. And I'm like, no, I know I broke it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know? Um... So I, I honestly don't know. Rich definitely claimed it as a scoop. Rich see, at least got it confirmed by CB before the New York Times story was was run. Because right. Rich had original quotes. Mm. Uh, it's worth pointing out, Rich and CB are friends. Right. And are close. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's also one of those things where like, yeah, it's a scoop. But at the same time, like Jeff, if you became Marvel Editor-in-Chief. Oh, yeah. You know? And I was like, hey, Jeff just become Marvel editor chief. I'm not sure anyone would be like, it's, that's a great scoop. No, I, well, on the one hand, I think you're okay. like, that's a great scoop. It's also the end of anyone being able to basically view me as an unbiased reporter about Marvel ever again, right? Or at least sure. during my time. Like, yeah. Rich, Rich has not been an unbiased. Also, Rich's story in Bleeding Cool is fucking amazing about this. Like, as if anyone is like, oh, I wonder if he's going to be able to be unbiased about Marvel. Like, you saw his story on Bleeding Cool, right? Uh, which one? Uh, announcing this, the, the, yes, the, right. Uh, story. right, yeah. The, 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 the genuinely staggering, uh, 
uh, where is it? it um, if Marvel Comics was ever going to bring people back and turn new creators into big Marvel stars, it needed someone like CB. Yeah, right. <laughs> or, um, for now, CB, congratulations. DC, the game is on. This is where everything changes for Marvel Publishing. Right. Holy, I mean, on the one hand, sure, he's big, he, like, he's upping his friend. Yeah. On the other hand, holy shit. That's what I'm saying. It's kind of the, that's what I think. It's just like, I know that some people have muttered, you know, and I, you know, what the fuck do I know? I think, I, you know, most of the, most of what I see on like Twitter or social media is, is the, you know, is the riches and bleeding cool are trash, trash sites, basically, you know? And I think that for me though, I was like, oh, well, yeah, I mean, I've heard rumors that you are, you know, somewhat biased about Marvel, but I think we can pretty much, you know, what, it's, to it's use Rich's parlance, put like, a green light on that one, you know? So, right? Yeah. It's going to be amazing to see not only how much his coverage towards Marvel changes, like, in all honesty, and Rich always says he's not a journalist, and right. in that respect, like, he's... That, I mean, on the one hand, he's playing coy, because he definitely is it sometimes. Oh, yeah. But... If he had any ethics, he wouldn't report on any Marvel stories now. Oh, yeah. Whereas the thing is, is I think we're probably going to get a cup of Sabluski, you know, over a Bleeding Cool because it could do... No, a- we won't. We'll No, we won't, though. We'll get lots more. A Marvel source told me that Marvel comics are great. <laughs> no, but... Like, okay. cut, with, cut with lots of, oh, by the way, DC shit. Well, yeah, but I'm, but I also, th- I mean, sort of part of me is like, that's kind of Marvel. I mean, that's kind of bleeding cool as it is now. You know what I yeah. mean? No, I, think I, mean. That, I think, I think, I think we're think... going to get much more of that. I think we're going to get a lot more of a Marvel's like, as, as I can't say who told me, but someone's telling me that, the, you know, the greatest comic that's ever been made, it's fucking X-Men. <laughs> yeah. No, sure. But how do I put it? Like, that's, that's if you're sort of content to run around in, in your, little arena you know what i mean like and and it could be that rich doesn't really aspire to have bleeding cool be anything more than a way for him to make a living while being able to you know raise his kid or whatever but if he what like the idea that you're in tight with the eic of marvel comics i mean that is basically how cbr like kept ridiculous amounts yeah huge amounts of traffic by being able to run exclusive marvel previews exclusive interviews with talent yeah i i don't think bleeding cool is that sort of site and honestly i don't think the majority of marvel would be cool with that (laughs) yeah right yeah sure the majority of marvel it depends on which department if if it's you're right if sales and marketing is not into it then that's it but anyone else we just talked about how the fact that everyone's going to keep their mouth shut about a sexual harasser an alleged sexual harasser (laughs) what are people going to be doing when it's like alleged in there yeah thank you thank you well there was a few points where i was like oh this might be fun maybe i'll just mutter alleged every time that, that graham gets to that part of the sentence but you know Let's pretend I did that. Or maybe I'll edit it back in. Just me being alleged. <laughs> alleged. Alleged. Uh, I think that, um, you know, if they're not going to say anything for that, it's going to be like, hey, guys, we're running our previews on Bleeding Cool right next to, um, you know, uh, uh, a full-size half-banner ad of Red Sonia Tits Out number three. Like, they're going to be like, no, this shall not stand, sir. Like, come on. You know? Like... 
again, I think the, the thing, do we want to talk about the fact that this seems to me like, as I've seen it framed, and I'm happy to add for people listening, not just by you. I've heard other people frame that the last... Oh, no, like, like... Let, yeah, let's talk about um, Axel Alonso being fired. Yes, please. All of, let, okay, let's put all of this in the all of this is rumor mm-hmm. category. Yeah. Like, again, if this was uh, bleeding cool, let's put all of this with an amber light. Yeah. Shall we? Like, let, let's play it safe. Mm-hmm. However, first of all, it's fair to say that Axel Alonso was fired in that the official statement from Marvel calls it a mutually agreed decision. Oh, yeah. Never, ever, ever get a genuinely mutually agreed decision. Yeah. Described as a mutually, a mutually agreed decision. Yep. Like, Alonso has clearly been fired. Yeah. Put this with the, um, long rumored, uh, civil war at Marvel. Mm-hmm. Between David Gabriel, the SVP of sales, and Alex Alonso, editor in chief. Yeah. About the direction of the comics and the content of the comics. Mm hmm. And for that matter, Alonso, one of the, one of the conflict, one of the, the, the points of conflict is the diversity of Marvel's lineup. Mm-hmm. And I have a lot of problems with Alonso's output and with what Alonso had done at Marvel. Mm-hmm. But I, you can't deny it. And I, I certainly can't deny it that he, uh, he was a very vocal proponent of having character diversity at Marvel. Like he would talk this up a lot uh, with Miles Morales, with with Miss Marvel, uh, with with um, Riri Williams, and to a lesser uh, with uh, uh, what's the new Ghost Rider called? Robbie Ray's. Oh yeah, Robbie Ray's. Yeah. Uh, like he talked up Robbie Ray's a lot. Because mm-hmm. I think that Robbie uh, Ray's might be the only one that that he really had a, a strong hand in. I, I think it, it is. Mm-hmm. Um, but nonetheless, like, he talked these characters up a lot. He talked about how it was important for like his kids, or I think it was his nephew or maybe niece, because mm-hmm. I don't think he has kids, but a, a, a nephew or niece to see people like themselves in Marvel's output. Yeah. Um, he, he was a vocal uh, proponent of that. Gabriel famously is the guy who told uh, retailers <laughs> that diversity didn't sell. Right. Okay? This is, a, this is a known point of conflict between the two of them. Again, all of this is rumors, mm-hmm. but... Let's get deep into rumors. Rumoredly, I don't think that's a word, but I just coined it. <laughs> one of the main points of contention that led to Bendis leaving Marvel was uh, David Gabriel trying to roll back diversity at Marvel. Mm-hmm. And how this related to uh, specifically Miles Morales. Mm-hmm. That may or may not be true. Uh, there are people sharing both sides of that conversation, mm-hmm. whether it happened or, or didn't. Um, there are some wonderfully dramatic illustrations that people are sharing about that not just being an ideological argument, but being a literal argument that was had mm-hmm. uh, in public in front of people. Mm-hmm. Nonetheless, we are now at the end of a two-week period where Bendis and Alonso, two of the loudest voices uh, for diversity of Marvel mm-hmm. are no longer with the and David Gabriel is still there yeah you know yeah so it, again it's all rumor mm-hmm. but it's it's rumor with a coherent through line mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you know 
And for, for all the people who say that Sapolsky is, you know, he's going to bring all the creator back. Hey, Sapolsky has, uh, in the the books that he's actually been involved with at Marvel, mm-hmm. with like with a few uh, outliers, uh, been a fan of of essentially trying to bring back the 1980s. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, he's he was involved in in Runaways, which is specifically gets a call out at Marvel's announcement. That's specifically right. got a call out in the New York Times story. Um, but it's worth remembering that he was only involved in Runaways because he was involved as part of the whole tsunami line. That's right. It's not like Runaways was one book he shepherded to creation. Mm-hmm. Runaways was one of six books. Mm-hmm. I, I feel that people have been like, yeah, he edited Runaways when it started. Sure, he also edited fucking Namer. Which was awesome. <laughs> no, I don't actually remember that incarnation of Namer from the uh, That was one. the one plotted by Bill Jameson, scripted by Andy Watson as far as I remember. Oh, poor Andy Watson. Man, I tell you. But you know what I mean? Like, uh, he, he uh, wrote Ex Infernus, which you wouldn't remember, but I promise you, everyone who has Marvel Unlimited, go and read Ex Infernus. <laughs> Think, wait, this is the guy who's now the editor chief of Marvel? Holy shit. Because, <laughs> uh, wow, it is a, it's, oh. Uh, he wrote The Loners. Do you remember The Loners? Which is like the, the kind of quasi spin off book from Runaways. I sort of almost remember that it existed. Uh, sort Again, of. Go back to that. Mm-hmm. Uh, like I, I honestly, I, I was going to say I don't know why CB Sabalski got the nod. Apart from, again, lots of rumors suggest that he got the nod basically because he's a really good company player who always tones Ike Perlmutter's line. Mm-hmm. That makes a lot of sense to me. Makes a lot you know? of sense to me. Well, uh, and I think, I think I mean, there's... More sense than, you know, we've always been a big fan of CB. That's why he's been in Shanghai for the last 18 months working on international publishing deals with the Asian market. Because mm-hmm. honest to God, that does not sound to me like a company that values that employee. Eh, ma, eh, I don't know. I, I, I... See, is super weird to me. He wasn't even actively editing any books. No, no, he abs- he absolutely wasn't. I mean, and that's the thing. He's always been kind of, um, you know, he had a long position as this very strange sort of, like, Marvel's face. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, I, he I, did that Marvel's I, I, face I, thing for a while in sort of New York as, like, their their talent guy and the fact that they ended up going to Shanghai for the talent guy. I thought that that was interesting. I, I don't think that that's just a, oh, we're sending you into exile. I do think that it's probably a... Well, I, think he, I think he wanted to go. Don't get me wrong. Oh, yeah, I don't no. Think I think exiled. he did. I think he wanted I, to I, go and I think it was seen as a plum assignment, but I don't think... But I don't think they were like, oh, we're doing this because we're grooming you for, for EIC. You know? Right, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, it's, there was, before Braganza got fired at DC, there was, uh, a rumor that basically he was blackmailing people to keep his job. Mm-hmm. You may or may not remember this. CB Sabalski's career path at Marvel has been so fucking weird that a part of me was like, maybe he's blackmailing somebody. <laughs> Cause his career path is so weird at Marvel. Yeah. His, his, his career path is weird, but I, again, I just kind of think that it's a, 
Like, it honestly feels like he's a made man, and no one quite knew what to do with him. Well, it could be. Could be that. You know, that yeah. they were like, hey, why don't you... I mean, do you not remember C.B. Sabolsky had a fucking YouTube web series yeah. where, like, he would cook meals with Marvel creators. He would cook with Marvel creators, but I think that's kind of the weird thing, is, is he was kind of on this weird edge of this the new york foodie movement right well, at, a, at a time yeah, yeah right to be. like i remember i god i can't remember who it was i think it was someone from american street comics was having a ball on friday by just like cutting and pasting his tweets mm, mm-hmm. and they were like uh if under cb Sabelsky, no one can come to marvel offices and it was just lots of tweets of his oh, being like that was creators are not allowed to come to marvel it's not the way it works don't come to marvel immediately followed by a leisure chef and sure enough it was like four or five tweets where he's like chef next time you're in new york just stop by the marvel i'm <laughs> <laughs> like wow he's like a star fucker for chefs well That's exactly amazing. he is well and the thing is is i think as a star fucker for chefs at that particular point in in the foodie movement in New York, that I think that meant that suddenly he was, um, you know, rubbing elbows with some like quote unquote actual celebrities, and so I think all of a sudden it was just very, this kind of like weird like oh he's sort of the man you know I mean not not in the he's the one keeping us all down although you know that's that's still to come but uh but no but in the sense of like oh i got you know if i hang out with cb sabulski chances are good that i will maybe one day if i'm lucky end up eating like butternut squash ravioli next to aziz ansari like you know <laughs> what i mean god i i saw him much more as like if i hang out with uh, cb sabulski i'm going to meet guy fieri Maybe. I mean, that's you know? the thing. I, 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 New York, New York is definitely a period where chefs, you know, there are periods where chefs are celebs, uh, yeah, and yeah. New York is definitely at a point where they have many of them. There, there's a number of people who are kind of like, you know, like, oh, you know Mario Batali and you can get me into, you know, pig and butt knuckle or whatever the hell the damn tavern is that is admittedly the food is very good there. But, you know, it's like, <laughs> oh, my God, you're going to start being CB Spokey's best friend. Oh, yeah. Uh, didn't you know, Graham? Dude, every time he comes into town, we go and get burritos. No, I'm I'm kidding. I don't. <laughs> that actually, one of the things I was fascinated by um, with so many people tweeting oh god cb's the best guy this is the best move for marvel and i was like cb sabalski's skill is entirely making everyone think he's their friend yeah, like they're... that that is the most that is the best skill that he's bringing to, mm-hmm. the, to the job yeah the, the, there are so many different people like people with diff- entirely different tastes beliefs expectations of marvel yep i'm um, going this is the best move marvel could make mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, that, he, that's, that's what he's really good at. He's really good at convincing everyone that he's their best friend. Well, I don't which, know about their best friend, wrong. but yeah. Well, but a, 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 a friend. Yeah, a friend. Uh, kind of like and, the and made I, guy I thing. I, it's like, oh, he's yeah. a connected guy who will do yeah. things for and me, I, who's done things for honest, me. Mm-hmm. That's probably a great thing, at least to begin with, for, Mar- for to be an EICR. Oh, yeah. No, I think... We'll see what his tastes are oh i I don't think it necessarily matters what his tastes are i mean i think that's your point is is like alonzo's out gabriel won sabluski's a company man 
his tastes are going to be whatever marketing dictates his tastes are going to be. Whether or not the that means that Marvel succeeds or dies, but I mean it's basically he's he's a puppet. You know what I mean? It's it's the Gabriel's the man behind the curtain now. He won. He, he's a he's a puppet, and he's but he's going to be a well liked puppet. Oh sure, and and that's uh, but again, right. I, I do wonder how long that's going to last. Well, I think because it depends on whether or not Marvel can get its shit together. I think I think Sabluski is really expendable, and I think that's part of his part of the attraction. I also think that, frankly, the fact that he was over in Shanghai and was not in any way, as far as I know, tied to Marvel editorial during the last what's seen as a disastrous 12 to 18 to 36 months, I think probably really counts in his favor. You know what I mean? He's going to come in and people are like... Almost certainly. I mean, it's fascinating to me that... Well, (coughs) first of all, it's fascinating to me that, like, Brevor has just essentially disappeared. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. You know? Because let's be honest. If if someone had told me, like, a month ago, Alonso's out, my first thought would have been, oh, so it's going to be Sana Amina or it's going to be Brevor. See, whereas like, I, I think I think that once Alonso's out, I think Brevort, there's no way. That, to me. Well, anyway, that's just it. I, like, yeah. where, where does he go now? Does yeah. he stay at Marvel? I think he does. I think he stays at Marvel. Um, Maybe he has to. Maybe yeah. he's just burning his bridges everywhere else. Well, I, I think so. I, I could be wrong. I mean, you know, he, he was great at stomping on fans, but I never saw him, like, run over and, like, try and kick DC in the nuts that I can remember. Like, uh, at least recently? Maybe I'm wrong. Yeah, maybe not recently. And we I both know think, that he's, like, a know. big DC guy. He's a guy. big DC fan. Exactly. Actually, that that was one of my first thoughts, thinking, mm-hmm. like, it was pretty out, was... Can he go to Marvel? Uh, can he go to DC? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And because I, it seems it seems unthinkable, in the same way like Bendis going to DC seems unthinkable. Well, see, again, I'm not so sure that I necessarily thought of Bendis as at DC as unthinkable. I just don't. Or just unlikely. <laughs> right. Well, uh, let's no. put it this way: I think the idea of Casada ending up at DC, the the idea that he might have followed Bendis to to DC, I find that super unlikely. After some of yeah. the shit that he would, because he actively slung shit, you know what I mean. Bendis, oh, but but at the same time, like Brevor actively slung shit at the same time. Oh, I agree, and like, that's why I think that I think, uh, yeah. not Ben uh, Brevor actively slung shit. Yeah, I, that's time. exactly. That's why I think that's why I think that Brevor would not have a chance. He would have to end up somewhere else. But I don't, I'm not sure that DC would have him. Um, you know, unless, unless it was someone came over, like if Bendis came over and was like, yeah, and you gotta, you know, you gotta create a position for Brevort because I want to work with editors that I'm familiar with who get me. You know what I mean? Like, then I'm sure they'd be like, okay, you know, but I, I don't think that he made any of those sorts of, of deals. And so I think, I think Brevort's dead in the water. I think he just kind of has to sit there and, edit this crap and it'll be interesting to see if he's going to play um continue to play marvel's devil's advocate i think he's going to kind of shut up but maybe not you know we'll, well, we'll, we'll see we'll see i mean but honestly of, of any of them like sam and amina is the one who i'm like oh you should watch her back now mm-hmm. yeah like, genuine i'm like i i i think you're out of that company within six months hmm. what was sam editing 
Uh, she's the one who who was oh, right. the the, the Miss Marvel Miss Marvel editor uh, slash creator and was came up underneath Wacker and right yeah it, like edited Hawkeye on uh, when it was Braver and uh, not Braver uh, Fraction and and uh uh-huh. mm-hmm. um, and I I could be wrong but like it's currently an executive editor or story editor or something right and right. um, was basically tasked with increasing diversity at Marvel yeah no uh, I, and I I'm honestly kind of like, oh shit. <laughs> we'll see. I I hope I'm wrong. I yeah, I'd be kind of surprised. I I could let's put it this way. I think it's possible to see her out in six months, but not in a oh, there's a knife in the back kind of way, but more as in a we're kicking everything out from under you. But I think oh, no, that that's what I mean. Oh, okay. I, I don't think they're going to like outright like take the job away from her. But I can imagine them basically completely undermining everything that she does so she just quits yeah we'll see we will see i kind of we'll see how it goes i um yeah i i'm very i i'm very i was coolish about marvel before i'm not a gabriel fan i'm not sure that i was necessarily in alonzo's but you're corner. a big sabolsky fan i know oh huge well, see, this is... who who else who else remembers his wonderful issues of the Ultimates, like oh. Ultimate X Men that he edited. Look, I got bad news. Everyone for you, loved Graham. those. I paid money for his fucking Image comic. Oh, Wanderlust. Wanderlust. Yeah. Lust. I think it's Wanderlust. I think it was playing off of Wonderlust. Yeah, I, I honestly can't remember, but yeah. it, it, it's um, yeah. Hey, when I was in high school, I bang Todd chicks. Well, see, that's it. in that sense, if you think about it, he's really the direct descendant of Jim Shooter, you know, because he's very much of the, you know, there's a lot to recommend me. Like, girls. Girls liked me. And you know what? I liked girls. There. I'm not afraid to say it. Bring it on, nerds. You know, that kind of weird... <laughs> that's the guy we want to charge a for. Absolutely. Oh, man. Yep. Uh, Okay, before we wrap this up, because we should wrap this up, because we're literally about to record a Baxter building. Yes. Um, where does Axel Alonso go next? Well, that's, that is actually a really good fucking question, because I think, because I think, because I don't really fucking know. Honestly, I don't, because, yeah, you know. I, I don't know, like, had Marvel just paid him off with a great severance, but also a non-compete, which means we don't see him for 18 months? I think that's probably likely. 18 months to two years. I think yeah. he'll just stay back. And, then, and Yeah, and then he's going to show up at, like, a fucking dark horse with a, a boutique imprint like Burger Books. Maybe, maybe. I mean, honestly, the thing to keep in mind for me is, is that, you know, Alonzo as everyone knows, was actually kind of a big deal at Vertigo before he got recruited into Marvel. Right? Yeah. So. But also, Alonzo brought in a lot of who are now Marvel's big writers. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think that's important. I get Well, it is. It's important. And as far as I know, and I could be wrong, from what I can tell, he was pretty loyal to the guys that he brought up if they didn't necessarily hit like uh, he still continued to feed them work you know what i mean and i think i think that engenders a certain amount of 
goodwill among the people that he was good to. So he's kind yeah. of got a stable in that sense, potentially. Yeah, like, no, exactly. I, I mean, you know, if, Jason Aaron is definitely part of his stable. Jerry Duggan is part of his stable. Yeah. If he's if he's going independent, I'm sure he'd get Rick Remander back. Well, yeah. So, I mean, there's there's that thing. If I were Valiant, I'd be looking to poach him, you know? I mean, because I think that that could be – that's – if he's – willing to really fall in line with what Valiant wants to do, he could be a great way for them to um, bring in some established talent. Uh, he's kind of got a, I, I, you know, that's, I, I, I see someone like Valiant trying to make a play for him or, I mean, it really depends. There's so few people that really kind of have the money to be able to grab him. You know what I mean? It'd be like yeah. Valiant or it'd be well, Dark Horse. But then Horse, again, really? You know? Because who knows uh, how much Axel Alonso is going to want slash need to work in a year, two years from now? Well, I, I think he's going to need he's going to need slash want a lot. Yeah, know? well, that's what I mean. Like, you know, who, who's to say that it's not going to be something like Aftershock where it's essentially a new publisher who's like, hey, Mike Mart, you mm-hmm. you've just left Marvel. Right. Do you want to be our editor in chief? Yeah. Right. Could be. Could be. I mean, I think that that's that sort of thing of like, mm, you know. I mean, I think I think that uh, in theory, like anyone who's trying to pull like Garth Ennis, you know, like Ennis could make a huge case for like, well, I'd totally want to be at this place if if Alonzo was here editing, especially right. if it's a, a company that's trying not to do. Um, you know, regular superhero, superhero stuff. stuff. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, like I, Alonzo could be, despite clearly being fired by Marvel, could be okay. a really, really fucking big hire mm-hmm. for a mm-hmm. smart comic publisher. Alonzo could be a really big deal. Yeah. Uh, uh, two other questions very quickly. Mm-hmm. Flip side of that. Do you think Edward Gans is ever going to get an editorial job in comics again? I don't know. I mean, I don't know because I feel like the thing is, is this is, I don't think that the Braganza check would have come due if the Harvey Weinstein check hadn't come due, you know? No, exactly. And so I think think we're in a... Totally true. Yeah. So I think we're kind of in a weirdly ahistoric moment in terms of where does this sort of like, where does this go next? You know, like if this is the sort of uh, thing that continues to be a big deal, like uh, and continues on for like, I don't know, you know, if basically if it's like a year or two years and it's very important to everyone that that's that sort of this continues to happen, like the press continues to get good big name hits, you know, big hits out of big names being, you know, outed. Uh, then I think, I think that, I think that Berganza, I don't know if he, let's put it this way. I think that it would make sense to me that he would be toast in comics. It would not surprise me in any way if someone like Jeff Johns, like, made space for him somewhere deep in the Warner movie executive side of things and somewhere in production. If all the rest of this stuff cools down, you know what I mean? If it doesn't cool down, then honestly, I do not know where, where Braganza would end up, 
You know what I mean? Like, Mm -hmm. I honestly don't know. Like, again, he's got connections. He's got skill sets. DC clearly considered him valuable. But, you know, honestly, the thing that's amazing to me is the number of people that you can see on, like, (laughs) this whole thing, and admittedly pulled from Bleeding Cool, who probably pulled it from, like, the fucking Daily Sun. But, like, the whole thing about, like, Morrissey making statements standing up for, you know, Kevin Spacey and Harvey Weinstein or whatever, I was like, you know, essentially... I think that a couple of years from now, it's very easy to imagine someone being like, oh, you know what? That guy, he had a lot of talent. He was a big earner for DC. And let's face it, I always thought that everyone was, all that shit was out of, was an out of control witch hunt, blah, blah, blah. You know what I mean? Like, there's a lot of toxic masculinity that has been around for a long time. I don't, I, I don't think that it's going to go away so easily. And I think that it's entrenched at lots of places. But, where that means Braganza ends up. I I think that I want to say, I think that it's pretty safe to say that he is toast in the the American comics industry. I don't know what that means. I think that I think that it's quite possible that he could end up in some other segment of publishing or uh you know, entertainment possibly. You know, like I'm just sort of like I don't, I don't, there's, there's, again, there's still so much toxic stuff that is, is barely come out that I can see, like, do, you know, not someone at, like, Esquire or whatever, but some, some magazine being like, you know, he's got editing skills. He can make the trains run on time. We need that. And frankly, we here at Vice kind of don't give a shit, despite the fact that we're clearly supposed to be giving a shit, you know? So. I'm, I'm going to be super cynical. Mm-hmm. And say I give it a year before we see Eddie Berganza touch an image book. Hmm. Well, it could. It totally could. I mean, that is that is the sort of thing. Howard Chaikin says that he feels like Berganza got a bad rap. He wants to put him in as, as the editor on his book. Everyone's going to be like, okay, fine. I mean, that's the weird thing is, is images is, is a co-op. It's it's a consortium. I don't think that they can turn around and condemn someone if they think you know if it's attached to a book that that is going to be coming out that they or a creator that they believe in you know right no exactly so you know as to who that might actually be i don't kind of know but i mean that's the thing you've got you've there's plenty of lunatics in comics you know creators who end up like at a drawing board 14 hours a day and instead of very sensibly listening to the Wait What podcast, listen to conservative talk radio and it melts their mind and then suddenly, you know, they're fucking John Byrne. You know, like John Byrne's like, I think Eddie Berganza did, you know, did quite all right by me when he edited Generations and he's going to be doing my new project at IDW and IDW is not going to say boo about it. You know, and I, I don't yeah. know, I don't know where that's going to, to me, I think IDW would just be like, eh, what you going to do? Burn's going to burn, you know, so I don't. Final question, and then I'll shut up and we can go on to Baxter Building Recording. Woohoo! <laughs> I can tell you're excited. Um, how quickly does Marvel announce a post-legacy relaunch? I think that what Marvel's going to do 
and I could be wrong on this because is that they're, I personally think what they're going to do is try a Marvel Legacy Phase 2. You know what I mean? Like, I, but I that was already wrong. on the books. Yeah. So, I mean, whether or not they call it something else or not, I think considering the whole thing that people were complaining about with Marvel was the idea that they kept relaunching with no real changes. Uh, they either have to do a full relaunch with real big changes or they have to continue to pretend that Legacy was their big change and therefore they have to figure out a way to stealth reboot it underneath that umbrella. And I kind of think that that is... You know, at least under Alonzo, that was kind of the Marvel way, and I assume that that's because it was kind of the Gabriel way. I could be completely wrong, but that's kind of what I think. Um, you know, because I, and I could be wrong. It, there, one of the things that could be interesting to me is the idea that, you know, Alonzo spent a lot of time saying no reboots, absolutely not. The company, it's not a, and he said it and stressed it enough that I felt that it was received or earned wisdom from Alonzo. I could be wrong, you know, but I think that that's, maybe that's, and maybe that he's gone. Maybe that's kind of off the table. Maybe, maybe, you know, Gabriel's like, I don't care. Sure. Let's, let's reboot the books. We'll call it Marvel reboot, rebirth. We're going to totally, you know, rebirth the line. And I don't, I don't care who like, cause I, I think that's it. Gabriel's thing was kind of, I always felt the, the flow of it since like creative got the memo from marketing about what was going to happen over the next 18 to 24 months. And then Alonzo and his editors f tried to figure out the best way to rally the troops and get the strongest batch of stories that they could out of the mandates. I, I could be completely wrong about that. And, you know, maybe he, maybe he towed the line at the, at the idea of doing full reboots because his personal belief was that it would break Marvel, which was received wisdom from him shooting the shit with Casada all those years, you know, or he was just parroting what, what, what Gabriel himself believes, you know, but I honestly, I, which he himself either slash half believed or it was the shit that Jim Henley was telling to him, you know, over their long, all those long evenings drinking. I've got no fucking idea, but I, I think, I think, yeah, I think it's within a year, probably less, six to nine months. Let's call it nine months. I think that there's going to be an announcement of some kind that's going to be some sort of pivot, you know? Yeah. Uh, yeah. and. Well, I, I, I think Sabalski's probably been brought in for that. Oh yeah. Like sure. you, you don't hire, you don't fire your existing editor in chief if you want to keep everything stable. Well, yeah, I mean, yes and no. I mean, it, it's kind of that thing of like, once Bendis gets, you know, kicked out from underneath them, they can't really pretend to be stable anyway. Like I said, I still think that it's potentially, there's ways in which I think that would be, is good, except for the fact that I think that the take that we've heard from Gabriel and Sales about diversity is bad. And I think, I think with two of the, two of the big, 
champions of of that gone, yeah, I think what we're going to see. But how we're going to see that accomplished? I mean, I don't I don't fucking know. It seems to me they're leaning really heavily on Mark Wade. I think that they're going to have I think they're going to continue to do that and I think it would be interesting to see I I think that I think that Wade might be the sort of guy that's going to be like, "Okay, here's how we're going to pivot," you know, and see where that see where or how that goes and it, it, you know, cuz I think just the fact that he, Wade seems to be the guy whose name gets thrown at the forefront of the Avengers mega event, for example. The fact that he's seen as a superhero traditionalist and a dude who, like, gets the superheroes, but, you know, the older guys, you know. and But Wade is also clearly invested in, in the newer generation, you know, much to all everyone's chagrin except Wade's. So, I mean, that could could mean that there's going to be some way that he's going to figure out a way to, to bridge that stuff, you know? So Yeah, it's it's going to be an interesting few months ahead, Jeff. Yeah, yeah, I think so. I mean, basically, like, when, when the Beyonder, you know, shows up for Secret Wars 5 and whisks all the, the new millennial heroes off to their own universe, a new universe, then we'll know, you know? But, the newer uh, universe. The newer universe. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. So, anyway, Graham, I feel like I should ask you, where do you think, what do you think is going to happen in six to nine months for Marvel? I, I don't know. Mm-hmm. Um, we're going to see a pivot. Mm-hmm. One of my first thoughts when the Spelsky news broke was how much of Legacy Phase 2 is going to happen. Mm-hmm. You know? There's there's a lot of stuff that's in process and has been in process for months. Yeah. Uh, uh, how much of that is actually going to happen now? Mm-hmm. You know? Are we going to see Jason Aaron take over Avengers? Mm-hmm. Are we going to see Tanahasi Coates take over Captain America? Are those things going to be seen as a bridge too far? Mm-hmm. Do we have to get more traditionalists again? Um, are we going to see Miles Morales be pushed into the background and no longer be Spider-Man anymore? Mm-hmm. Are we going to see things like Jessica Jones be dropped altogether? Mm-hmm. It, right now, genuinely, everything's up for grabs mm-hmm. because we don't really know C.B. Sabalski's tastes. Mm-hmm. You know? Like, if you do look at his credits to date, mm-hmm. they tell you nothing. Mm-hmm. Because he's honestly not been the creative lead on that many projects. Mm-hmm. You know, you can't really be like, well, Marvel Mangverse and the Tsunami line, which we know, like, we know Tsunami was a Jameis project. Mm-hmm. So Marvel Mangverse, um, some what-if special issues, and, you know, bringing Ileana Rasputin back to the next universe. Right. Yeah, what does that tell us? Right. Um... Yeah, it, honestly, we have no idea what Sabalski is going to do. We have no idea if Sabalski is actually going to be making decisions, or like you said, if Gabriel is going to be making decisions and Sabalski is going to be in charge of carrying them out. Right. Uh, so all we know is that shit is going to be different. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know? I think we're going to see... I think a year from now is going to be really interesting 
for Marvel, but also for DC, because Bendis is going to, Bendis' output is going to be out there a year from now. Yeah. We know that DC is also looking outside of the direct market for its publishing plans. Right. In the future. Yeah. Well, and that's going to be a massive game changer as well, because my thinking before was, is DC going to see the direct market to Marvel? But if you look at the announcement of Sibelsky, it makes a big point of the international agreements and that Marvel's international partners. And what if Marvel is going to see the direct market to DC? Like, are we going to see two companies essentially be like, ah, you have it. No, you have it. No, you have it. I mean, that seems, on one hand, kind of impossible because Marvel doesn't really have a good bookstore product because it just keeps like, you know, this is definitely the definitive series. We're not going to keep any of the fuckers in print. Right. But, you know, by the epic collection, we're going to start with volume five. Then we're going to do issue like volume one. Then we're going to do volume 19. But we're not going to keep <laughs> any of them in print. Right. Exactly. I think like, I, is nuts. I think that I could see I could see um, I th- I thought of it as more of how do I put it? Um Marvel trying to take a page from Hollywood and doing more quote unquote joint productions. Like I could be wrong, but didn't CB Sabluski he he sort of brokered and put forward the Avengers Attack on Titan crossover yep. deal, right? Yep. I could see a lot more of that in the idea of like, oh, we want to be able to sell our comics internationally, like tap into some of the bigger Asian markets, we want to be able to work with maybe a new influx of, you know, Asian talent, whether that means them working for less or the idea that we get work. Of course it means that. Well, well, I mean, exactly. (laughs) It almost always does. You know what I mean? But, um, uh, you know, or the idea not necessarily working for less, but the idea that because it's co-published, the the production costs go down the production overhead goes down which is yeah i think we're going to see that i think we're going to see more uh, publishing through rg more publishing through idw mm-hmm. i mean sabalski's talking about that sabalski's feather in his cap mm-hmm. is that he is in some way involved in the lucasfilm deal mm. he's credited in all the star wars books okay so so again so whatever role he played there right so I, like I, that, yeah, you could see why Marvel look at him and be like, "Well, that's our biggest franchise." Sure, yeah, yeah, that makes sense to me. And if he really did, and he he had some big thing behind there, so I think that I think that that could be. I think there could be a return to either licensing comics or in you know international co-production crossovers that aren't necessarily like leaving the direct market but rather are trying to get a foot into both markets uh and i don't i don't really know you know that's that's where i think might be the 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 actual his actual quote unquote you know footprint might come in but yeah i don't i don't so i don't think that it's book publishing i was actually going to say that dc i realize i'm hoping you know you mentioned of course they're they're spending a lot of time talking about uh you know develop really developing those supplementary markets the bookstore and ogns and and things like that but but i also think that they have to think about I would hope that they've got some sort of plan for when Rebirth is over because Rebirth is, was, wasn't it pitched as only being three two years, years? Two years. Two years. 
Okay. And they and they've extended. Technically, rebirth is over next month, I think. Oh, okay. But it's clearly the rebirth, the rebirth banner comes. Yeah, the rebirth banner comes off the books, I think, next month. Oh, I see. Rebirth, quote unquote, continues until the end of Doomsday Clock. Right. So they they have they are thinking about it. They have a plan. I would think I, so. So a year from now, so we, in theory, we're, we're going to yeah, see just just over Doomsday yeah. Clock isn't like twelve issues, twelve months. I think it's twelve issues, fourteen months. Right. So, um, but yeah, we're we're heading into the last year of rebirth. Yeah. So in theory, DC, we'd like to believe has been planning for this or has some idea of where they're going to go with that. I will see. We'll see. You know. We, yeah, we will but see. Um, in a really strange way, I think DC is going to become much more important, even if their market share isn't going to grow, because I think Marvel is going to be in weird and potentially dangerous flux for the next few months. Well, yeah, I, I would say that's, I think that's how we would characterize them as being in right now. So, right. Yeah. But, oh, I, but I, you're saying like, it'll like, go on like, for a while. Now, sure, but like in the last year or so, I think they've just been in free fall, mm-hmm. but they've been like, we know what we're doing. Yeah. And I think we're entering a point where they will, I mean, never publicly, but privately admit that they don't actually know what they're doing and that they're trying to find a new direction. Uh, and I think that's a more dangerous point. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Because as creatively fun to look back on, the uh, James era was when Marvel was literally just like, fuck knows. Right. Let's try this. Um, that could that could be a really bad place for Marvel to be right now, considering where the market is and considering where Marvel is. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So we'll see. It's going to be, but yeah, it's going to be a, a fucked up uh, next year. Yeah. I really genuinely feel bad for stores. Mm-hmm. I think the next year could be disastrous for stores. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. No, uh, I, 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 especially honestly, if, Doomsday Clock is a, not even a flop, but isn't a massive hit. Mm-hmm. That could be dangerous as well, because I think Doomsday Clock uh, underperforming could undermine the goodwill that DC has post Rebirth. I would. I'm not sure I agree. Interestingly enough, I could be wrong, but I would say that I think that there's a a larger danger in metal underperforming because metal's yeah, which, the which one the thing. Well, yeah. Well, it's not yet. And I don't think that it will, but yeah. I, I feel that again, I could just be buying into, you know, um, riches shit talking, but it, I do kind of get the feeling that DC is pushing doomsday clock as a big deal, but it's also being pushed as its own thing. Like, metal has, you know, the event, it's got the crossover shit, and it's going to have spin-off shit. And so... Sure, if but Doomsday Clock literally the post-rebirth DC universe. Yeah, but I don't... I, but that's the thing. The post-DC rebirth universe is mostly okay. It's losing some steam... And so it depends on where that steam's going to be. But I think that, you know, John's is like the doomsday clock is going to be this, this 
era is is basically me stepping in when everyone's starting to feel winded and tired and I'm going to take it to the next level and I'm not sure that DC has is as reliant on it as Johns assumed that he would you know and I also I haven't of course you know you've read the first issue so you know but based on those preview issues and some of the stuff coming out of Johns's mouth I'm not so sure that he is crafting a thing. I mean, again, I'm not sure he's crafting a thing that that is necessarily going to resonate super heavily with people in a way. I know that Johns has a strong knack for crafting the hook. You know what I mean? Like even the end mm-hmm. of DC Rebirth, where it's like, holy shit, you've got to see that last page. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. Johns is the guy, I don't doubt that he sat down and thought of a lot of stuff for Doomsday Clock, that people are going to be like, oh, holy shit, you got to see this last page. I honestly think, and because Johns, I think, is pretty smart about this, I think Doomsday Clock, I hope, will have those moments in a way that aren't just like... Lois Lane was Dr. Manhattan the whole time. You know what I mean? Like, I... Oh, I, yeah, no, no. Yeah. When when I say it's it's the post DC universe, I mean like this is Secret Wars, mm-hmm. like the original. This is the everything happens a year from now and then the other books catch up. Mm-hmm. And so by issue twelve of Doomsday Clock, it's literally setting up everything that's coming next. Mm-hmm. And they've like they've said that publicly. Who said it publicly? Like Jeff Johns said at San Diego. Yeah, of course. Jeff Johns is saying it publicly. No, but that's DC's the, that's the PR thing. team. But is Dan DiDio and Jim Lee saying that publicly? Yes. Everyone is on the same page in this chat. Okay. All right. I'm just checking because I hear a lot more stuff where, where DiDio and Lee are talking a lot more about the metal and the metal spinoff books and the DC writing lab and, you know, so yeah, fine. Okay. I, you know, Let's hope that I hope that in that case, I hope for DC that Doomsday Clock works. I and I hope for DC because I'm hoping for the DC the direct market. As you know, yeah, that's the, I myself. I, am I, not I, crazy I know you it. personally are not going to read Doomsday Clock. Yeah. I'm kind of hope that it crashes or burns. I know. Yeah, yeah. I kind of. Well, see, this is it. It's that it's that classic like hostage moment in the movie. You know what I mean? Like I'm like, yeah, I kind of want to see that scumbag get shot but there's a whole bunch of innocent people that are ringed around him that I don't necessarily want to see get shot to see him go down you know what I mean yeah. so I yeah. just kind of I, 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 I took I know this is this is a this is a difficult moment for you yeah it kind of is in that <laughs> sense I'm just kind of like ugh, really that's how this is what I'm supposed to be rooting for oh god 2017 <sighs> anyway Graham, we've got enough of a mini episode, I think. Unless you have some closing comments, something to really bring. I know, I, I really, I really don't. My closing comments have, are really. This has been a fucker of a two weeks yeah. for comics, yeah, like for a, sure. a really big two weeks for comics, and I don't think we're going to understand how big it is until like six months from now. Yeah. Yes, but I, I, yeah. I, I think it's it's going to be one of those like, this is seismic. How big an earthquake was it? <laughs> <laughs> You know, it's funny. I don't, yeah, I think, I think, right. The, the, the seismic thing is, yeah, I think it's like the dominoes are falling. And, and so it's kind of, in some ways, I think it's a, 
smaller event in the moment. And like you said, it'll be very large six months from now. But we're really not going to know what that is until it until it hits. So. This is what, uh, to give you an idea of the, the response on Friday, to close this out, mm-hmm. I simultaneously had people saying to me privately that this was, to echo Rich, like the best thing that Marvel could do. Mm-hmm. And other people, all of, well, I should say, both of these people are Marvel insiders. Mm-hmm. And other people, uh, another person telling me that this is the end of Marvel. Yeah. And not being like hyperbole. Mm-hmm. Like outright being like, this is the beginning of the end for Marvel Publishing. Marvel Publishing will not exist two years from now. Right. So, yeah. who knows? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, you yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We'll see. Yeah. Well, we'll all, we'll all go down in flames together. <laughs> what a fine cue for a Baxter building. Let me tell you. 